Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today we're talking about the Batgirl cancellation and all the details surrounding that story. Gaga is finally confirmed to be a part of Joker 2. And for trailer time, we're catching up on the ones we missed from Comic-Con. All this and everything else that happened this week. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for This Week in Geek, we have my sleepy Snorlax of a friend, Nate Shelton. How are you, buddy? Oh, a, a, sleepy, a sleepy Snorlax, you say. I don't I know what kind of Pokemon that. I would be. You? Uh, you're, you know what? You're kind of like a, let's go with like a pseudo-wudo. Let's go pseudo Wudo. I think you might pseudo Wudo. Have you looked up pseudo Wudo? Like rhyme. Oh, dude, no, he's a classic, I'm, uh, classic Pokemon. Looks like a tree. You know, he's tall. <laughs> you be. I think you just put some glasses on a pseudo Wudo. Yeah, very Groot like, very fitting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, before we get into all of the news and, and trailers for today, uh, I did want to actually ask you um, this week. Seth Rogen tweeted out uh, our first look at the logo design for his produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is getting a release next year, August 4th. And this logo, man, like um, it is chock full pop culture references that feel very of a time it has that sort of nintendo style with the teenage mutant ninja and then turtles and and mutant mayhem have like this sort of punk ska inspired style logo um it, it all feels very 90s retro style I'm, I'm digging it and i think it sets up a really cool vibe of of what to anticipate for this animated movie from seth rogan yeah, very secret of the ooze. Uh, there's actually an installation. Yeah. I don't quite know where it is, uh, but he posted like a, a poster in the in the real world where the ooze is literally yeah. oozing out of it onto the ground, um, giving yeah. me some like like old school Nickelodeon vibes personally. But um, but for sure, I will say like you and I were just talking about this with Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in our review of how you know all they have to do is just hit that nostalgia. Like, yes, it's great mm. that kids of today have a new version of the Turtles. That's their Turtles. Awesome. Where's our version of the Turtles? Where have they been? We want them yeah. back. Bring them back. And this this little tiny, you know, sliver into what this movie uh, looks like it's going to be. I think I think that's what they're going for. There's so much nostalgia all over this uh, this logo alone. So I feel like. I feel like that might this might be it. This might be Seth Rogen bringing back uh, the turtles we know and love. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I just I just thought for a logo and and especially the installation that you were re referencing that I think it was in I'm imagining it was in New York, maybe in L.A. I don't know if mm -hmm. it, it necessarily says, um, but that installation even in itself, like just seeing this logo, just so many different little references that kind of I think hint at the sort of vibe and maybe time frame that we might be we might be seeing even if they're potentially in present time mm -hmm. maybe what they're surrounded with or what they appreciate are the things of the 90s and and so on so 
I, I'm excited. I, I know like we didn't get our first look. We got a date, which is August 4th, 2023. The movie is hitting theaters. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to see what you thought of this logo. I know you like logo designs and I, I just thought this one was very, very unique because I think it speaks to tone and vibe that they're really going to go for, uh, for this movie. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they, you know, we're, we're seeing images of, uh, you know, the turtles, the different turtles on the, in here. I can't quite tell cause it's, they're all purple. <laughs> Like they can't quite tell which one. Yeah, it's like which. graffiti art, though, right? Yeah, it's very graffiti art. But they, so. um, I'm wondering if that's going to be a style in the movie itself. Like, I, I think it'd be really cool. Like almost, almost go. I mean, I know we constantly reference it, but go, go to the in, into the Spider Verse uh, style, but get messy with it. Even like go messy, right? Yeah. I'd love to see them just kind of go even like trippy at some points uh, with some of the imagery. I think that would be really, really yeah, fun. Like like they don't necessarily stay in the lines, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the coloring and the shading and stuff like that kind of bleeds a little bit off on the edges a, a little bit, right? And I like the idea that the the each title, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja, but then the Turtles and then the Mutant Mayhem are in almost seemingly different styles. So to exactly. to maybe even bring that into the movie, right? Have certain sections of it in these different styles to hit different points of the turtles in their lives in terms of what they look like yeah um i think would be really mm -hmm. really dope and is this just to clarify do we know if this is cg animation or is this uh traditional animation if i'm not mistaken it's intending to be a computer animated film so is i guess it's gonna be uh taking uh it's takeoff of like the tmnt animated movie from like 2007 I, it might be on its own thing one? in all yeah. honesty i think you know, you might as well just start fresh. And I think with this perspective of of uh, Seth Rogen and, and his team uh, kind of producing it, I think the the right thing to do is, is just to clean slate, you know, kick things off, uh, make it feel like its own. But it is directed by uh, uh, Jeff Rowe, uh, who did uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. So, oh, dude, that's all you have to say. I'm in. It has the makings to be, you know, a lot of fun mm -hmm. and uh, very different to the franchise that I think, as as you were pointing out with Into the Spider-Verse, could really set the tone and, and allow for at least an animated version to have a longevity as a series like uh, Into the Spider-Verse is, is now going to have, you know, two films following it. Dope stuff. Um, Dope stuff. So, yeah. Cool, man. So that's a little, uh, little, little soft news to kick off uh, the major news. So mm -hmm. let's get into it. It's all about the details. All right, last week, uh, some big news dropped that Warner Brothers and Discovery will be canceling the Batgirl movie directed by Adil and Bilal. But the story does not stop there. Uh, as, as the week went on, more news was developing. Like our first news story, DC will have 10-year plan akin to Marvel's playbook, says CEO David Zaslav. Uh, this comes from Aaron Couch and Pamela McClintock from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, just two days after Warner Brothers Discovery made the stunning move to cancel the HBO Max film Batgirl, an unapologetic CEO, David Zaslav, sought to reassure Wall Street there is a cohesive plan for the future of DC. You look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. These are brands that are known everywhere in the world, Zaslav said during an earnings call this past Thursday. 
we have done a reset. We've restructured the business where we are going to focus, where there is going to be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC. We believe we can build a much more sustainable business. DC has long wished to emulate the success of Disney-owned Marvel Studios, which Kevin Feige has built into the highest-grossing film franchise in history. Zaslav recently brought Feige's former boss, retired Disney film chief Alan Horn, on as an advisor. During the earnings call, Zaslav suggested DC would try to emulate the Marvel playbook. It's very similar to the structure Alan Horn and Bob Iger and Kevin Feige put together very effectively at Disney. We think we can build out a much stronger, sustainable growth business out of DC, said Zaslav. As part of that, we are going to focus on quality. We are not going to release any film before it's ready. DC is something we can make better. DC has proceeded in, in stops and starts following the conclusion of Christopher Nolan's Defining Dark Knight trilogy. Concluding a decade ago, the studio initially tapped Zack Snyder to oversee a planned universe, which the filmmaker launched in 2013 with Man of Steel. However, Snyder lost the confidence of the studio executives after the divisive 2016 Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and some of the films in an ambitious 10-project slate announced in 2014 never came to fruition, including Justice League 2. Executive, Executive Walter Hamada took the reins of the DC film in 2018 and has been plotting out a number of films, including several for HBO Max to meet the mandate of the Warner Media CEO, Jason Killar. Now, plans, plans are changing once again. Zaslav touted uh, a number of DC films coming up, including Black Adam and Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and addressed rumors that some of those films could shift states without confirming or denying any specifics. We are very excited about them. We've seen them. We think they are terrific. And we think that we can make them even better, Zaslav said, in terms of marketing and distributing the upcoming films, which also includes The Flash, starring controversial actor Ezra Miller, Miller has uh, been accused of choking a fan in Iceland in April 2020, and Business Insider published uh, a report this past Thursday featuring uh, a lengthy interview with the, the parents of an 18-year-old who says the actor has groomed their child since they were 12. Warner's plans for The Flash, which has uh, a June 2023 release date, have been closely watched. The executive also revealed that while he is focused on theatrical releases, a number of movies will be released with shorter windows and with different marketing campaigns, but will always be agile and the focus will always be on theatrical. Before the pandemic, theater owners could demand an exclusive theatrical window of 74 to 90 days. Now a film opening to 50 million or less domestically can be made available in a home in the home as soon as two or three weeks after theatrical release. Universal was the first major Hollywood studio to strike up those terms. Zaslav's comments come at a fraught time for DC. Last Tuesday, Warner announced the news that it is shelving its $90 million Batgirl movie, which was deep in post-production ahead of a planned HBO Max release. Multiple sources noted that Warner Media Discovery was opting to, to use losses from the film as a tax write-down rather than releasing it. The move uh, has sparked jitters from other films 
uh, that could that could follow the, the the Blue Beetle filmmaker Angel Manuel Soto liking tweets asking Warner to protect his film, his DC film, uh, which was initially developed for an HBO Max. Uh, release before being upgraded to theatrical. Zaslav said the uh, that expensive films for streaming do not make economic sense. The objective is to grow the DC brand, to grow the DC characters, but also our job is to protect the DC brand, and that's what we're going to do. So it started off with a shelving or cancellation of Batgirl, and it is now fully evolved to an explanation and a 10-year plan. So my question for you, Nate, is first, I know we haven't really talked about this cancellation. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it? Um, And then my follow-up would be is, do you think that this formula is going to work for them? And what do you think is the future of some of these other movies? Justin, I'm sad. (laughs) I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad for... Like I, I'm, I'm sad for Leslie Grace. I'm sad for uh, Adilin Bilal. I'm sad for everyone who worked on that movie. I'm sad for DC fans uh, right now. Um, you know, I, I want to be a DC fan. I want to uh, enjoy these characters, but I just, I, I'm not able to, at least from a film and, and television standpoint, because of how mishandled they've been and. You know, it's funny if if this sort of um, information came out of of this new, you know, ten year plan to emulate what Marvel has been doing. They've been trying to do that for ten years. They've been trying to. That's what they've been trying to do. Oh, there's been there's been a lot there's been a lot of these ten year plans. Yeah. I, I agree. Yes. And so it's like, but but I will say this: like, if, if this information, if 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 Batgirl was not shelved, and this information came out it might be seen as a, a spark of hope for, for DC fans. It might be seen as a, you know, okay, at least someone is saying something in terms of like, they're going to try, even though this does sound like a lot of bullshit marketing for, 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 you know, uh, stockholders and, and, and different things like that. And I, I, I just, I don't know, man, I'm just, honestly, I'm so flabbergasted by the moves that they're making and by the decisions that they're making as a company I just I don't I can't take any of this Zaslav guy seriously in in any way. Um and I also you know what? I also feel bad for anybody working uh at these these companies at WB at uh, even at Discovery or or you know especially within DC the 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 press the like the PR people there like I come on like they're they're having the hardest time of <laughs> their lives with everything going on uh not even to mention what you just uh, talked about with with Ezra Miller and what they're doing and 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 just dude I I just I'm kind of at a loss for words for a lot of this stuff and I just I just want something better I think this the strategy shouldn't I I don't think the strategy should be to create a 10-year plan and I heard that you know we're gonna be talking about uh, some of these movies later on, but I heard that, yeah, he's like, we're going to start over, like, Black Adam is the new uh, entry point. But, you know, when you've got the Shazam trailer referencing these the Snyderverse movies, how how much are you actually able to create this stepping off point? Why not just focus on creating these, and we talked about this before, these individual universes 
from DC Comics. The, give us give us the the Matt Reeves Batman universe. Awesome, cool. Give us all that. Give us the James Gunn universe. Give us the you know like may, put, get don't, they don't all need to play together. I get that that works for Marvel and but but you're not Marvel. <laughs> like you're not. You're yeah. not Disney. And you've so you've fallen behind in in many ways, yeah. right? Like you need to find a new plan that isn't emulating the plan that that Feige came up with you know over uh, 10 years ago yeah. when he said, you know, we're going to start with with Iron Man, we're going to move in and we, we'll eventually do a crossover event with Avengers and it just growing out the story. I, I don't think that that's the, the right way. First, you know, this whole news about canceling Batgirl, um, it, it is, you're absolutely right. It's it's an absolute shame that we're not going to be able to see this movie. I feel so sorry for, for everyone involved, especially Adilin Bilal, who we had the opportunity to talk to earlier this mm-hmm. year. And they were just so energetic and passionate about just Miss Marvel. I can only imagine what they were going to do with Batgirl. And they had more money yeah. with Batgirl than they did with Miss Marvel. So I really don't know um, why they would have, have canceled it so late in the game. In my opinion... The, the best solution would be to cancel it all, would be to just 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 cut yeah. them all off and start fresh. Because in this situation, I, I totally agree with with a lot of the sentiment that's out there. It, this 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 does not look good. Like I I can understand maybe a company wanting to protect the brand. And if they see the movie and they don't believe that it lives up to the expectations of the brand, then it would get canceled. But that's not really what's going on here. This is really about saving some money. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. You know, a lot of these movies that will get canceled or or, or move around, it's usually early on in the pre-production, not in a post-production phase. And, you know, we've seen it with Marvel. We've seen directors leave or writers leave based on creative differences. Uh, we even saw it with, with Star Wars, with Solo, with, uh, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, leaving because of creative differences. But that's not what we're seeing here. Um you know, you can say that this is about protecting the brand and protecting the expectations of what uh, fans anticipate of a DC movie, but you can't say that, that you want to protect your brand and not cancel everything that doesn't make any sense, especially you, you're canceling Batgirl that is a female hero led by a Latina, yeah. uh, in, 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 which is, is just great. She dealt with so much shit mm-hmm. from people saying, oh, like that's not our Batgirl and this and that. And you didn't even give her an opportunity. Yet you're going to move forward with a movie uh, with the Flash because it looks better and it has a lot of of, of world building elements. But it, your your main star, in, in, as of today, is actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I was just seeing on, online they they have been charged with uh, felony and burglary in oh in, in Vermont as of as of today, as of the time of this recording. So this is all unfolding. So again, another layer that reveals like you're putting your money in the wrong direction yeah just cancel it all like i get it shazam and, and black adam they've they've crossed the finish line yeah. they're 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 in the last stretch of of marketing and mm-hmm. the fact that they still want to delay it i'm it, it would really be for vanity purposes of trying to seed plant or world build furthermore right they've right? already done reshoots um, i believe for black adam that probably were to you know that that we didn't know about this or this plan, but they did, and they've probably gone in and reshot some ending portions to tie them together in some way. Which, again, I think that. F- but the problem is, it's like hearing that doesn't surprise me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I thought that was always their plan was to create this shared universe. It's just that it wasn't working, and so therefore, personally, I checked out. I was like. 
cool. I, that's fine with me. Make a good movie. I'll, maybe I'll see it. But I don't care if if you know Momoa shows up in the end of Black Adam. I could I could care less. You know what I'm more interested in, honestly, is the next installment of the Batman. Is the next Joker? These movies that don't have to tie into these larger Snyderverses too. and Peacemaker. Yeah, season next, two. Like yeah. I want all yeah. of that. But I don't. I could give yeah. two rats rat catchers or whatever uh if we if we ended up with with a a shared universe on the dc side i don't care yeah i i totally agree and i i really i I just think that if they really want to do a fresh start i don't think going down the route of trying to emulate what marvel has done so successfully is the right way to go i think it is about finding how they can tell their stories differently in comparison and i think you're absolutely right we were already kind of hinting at it Matt Reeves is the Batman, doesn't need to cross over no. and touch Black Adam, Shazam, or or even Peacemaker for that matter. Um, and Peacemaker, you know, if it would be great if they just said, okay, James, we'll just give you, uh, you know, our previous world's DCU, Aquaman, the Batman, and Superman, and you can, you can keep them in, in your DCU world and do something fun with them. We're going to go start a new thing, right? So, like, they've just been basically moved into James Gunn's world uh, for him to kind of play with and add more depth to the Peacekeeper world, which, again, you know, we, spoiler alert for Peacekeeper seeing, you know, uh, the Flash and, and Aquaman. It was nice to see that sort of connectivity. But again, I just think that there's overall a better strategy and a better way of going about this. It just doesn't make sense of trying to emulate and say now, 10 years later, after everyone's noticing the success of Marvel and Marvel's heading down a trajectory where I think people are going to get sick of them soon, mm. potentially. Mm. Like it, There's just so much, right? And they're not all going to be bangers. We right. know that. Right. So the reality is, is that they're they're getting to a point of where they're just creating so much content is it really going to sustain and dc's like oh yeah we're going to travel back in time 10 years and emulate the plan of uh, the successful marvel franchise it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it is think of something new let's let's try to see how you can you know give 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 protection and, and elevate your brand the way you're talking about it in this in this presentation but speaking of protection i mean you got to imagine you know Matt, like the 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 Arkham uh, Matt Reeves show that was going to be happening, like that's probably not happening anymore, right? The Penguin spinoff is probably not happening. Like, th- no, that's th- still happening. Penguin, he Colin Farrell said that they're they've they've scheduled shoots and 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 it's happening. But I'm just saying, if the Batgirl can be done and it's shelved, like. If 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 this if if you know you got to be sitting there and wondering if you're a DC filmmaker and you're making a movie that isn't tied to Black Adam or Shazam and you you're making something creative and and new and fresh you got to be wondering is it safe am I gonna are we gonna lose it is it gonna be gone because you know uh, Zaslav and a few like execs show up and and see some footage and say no nah, that doesn't fit within our shared universe 10 year plan so we're going to shelve it it's gone like that's terrifying that sucks that absolutely sucks and it just sucks because it it means that we're going they're going to try to emulate this 10 year this this marvel they're going to try to emulate that side and we're only going to get movies that are like that. We're only going to get movies that are going to... And and trust me, the whole aspect of him saying, like, it's not quite living up to our quality. I'm sorry. 
what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like what? Like what quality are you necessarily referring to here? Because yes, have there been some great DC movies? Sure, but again, none of them have to do with the ones that you're excited about and that you seem to be having a ten-year plan for. None of them have anything to do with that. So, like, I just don't. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it, and I'm not. I'm not excited, and I'm not happy, and I don't want. I don't want any of it. And you know what? We'll see in 2020. You know, four. Uh, after the the Joker two comes out and and you know see okay are we have we kicked off the ten year plan already has it been in the works for for a couple of years now or is it just kicking off now or have you canceled that have you changed your mind like it just there's no hope in me for this this plan that they have. I think they have money on the mind though, and Batman the Batman performed really well. The Joker is is a billion dollar grossing movie right. so it, it did really well they're not going to abandon those right right taking the chance on on Batgirl uh and and not having any sort of direction of where you're going to actually release this is it going to be theater or is it going to be HBO Max it doesn't make sense for it to be HBO Max because it's just not of the caliber uh but then it's not the caliber of 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 movie experience again it's all just bullshit to, to say like we need to save some money so we're just going to scrap this movie because it's not meeting our expectations meeting our expectations is in air quotes here right um and i i think you're right the the breaking the trust and the bond between studio and creators uh that is that is that is even more um um dangerous than just you know what's happened here with the whole dc i think if anything warner has put a put a bit of a target on their on their back as as someone to be um weary and mindful of because like you said doesn't you don't you never know your movie could be canceled and you're in your you know knees deep in and in post-production yeah unless you're guy fieri or uh or you know you're part of the 90 day fiance universe then (laughs) then you're fine you'll be fine yeah yeah and like in just the idea too i know uh on twitter it was going around that slide from their investor oh, call dude, where male skewing and female skewing and male skew for for hbo max and, <sighs> so gross. and discovery the sad reality the sad reality yeah. of it all is that that isn't that that is a negative and and that is not of of a way that society should look at these things mm-hmm. but from a marketing and strategy standpoint mm-hmm. that is how distilled down their strategy is is as looking at it as gender and everything because everyone's a target you're a target nate i'm a target yeah you know what I mean? All of the all of the new generation millennial TikTokers, they're a target. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if 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 you're of the LGBTQ community, you're a target as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it, everyone is a marketing target, and uh, I I don't know if that that that's framed from their little presentation where it talks about how it's broken down and how HBO Max skews more male and Discovery is is more for the female because it has all of these reality TV shows sort yeah. of stuff. Justin, you love um, those you love those uh homemaking I know. shows. HGTV. Yeah. I love the HGTV. Property Brothers, yeah. I'm a huge fan. They're a brand that that showed up on that little yeah, that little thing. So, all this to say that it it seems like Warner is going to be going through a a real like you mentioned at the top of this discussion, a PR nightmare. Yeah. Uh, of of sort of you know having to deal with with sort of cleaning up this mess and honestly i think especially with the news that has has dropped here it doesn't make sense to cancel a very forward thinking movie like batgirl with again a female-led superhero and a latina uh, actress and you're going to go forward with with flash and and all of this with ezra miller as your star it shows that you're just you're you're really in it for the money 
Just put it on your streaming service. Just put it on the streaming service. Yeah. You don't even have to put a commercial. Which one? At this, Flash? Here's the thing. No, no, no. Put Batgirl. Are you talking about no Batgirl? Put Batgirl on the streaming yeah. service. You don't even have to market it now. You've done your marketing by by shelving it. You've done your marketing. Everyone's talking about it. So then, yeah, then and now you, everyone's like, I want to see this yeah. thing. So yeah. literally, you you put out a tweet. You put out a single tweet that says Batgirl is now available on Discovery Max Plus or whatever the frick you're going to call it. And and there you go. You got your day one signups right there. We'll all tune in. We'll all watch it because we want to see what the frick you're talking about, why it was shelved. We want to understand. We want to see her performance. I want to see. I want to see Brendan Fraser in the movie. Like I want to see. Yes. I want to. I want to see they that took movie. Us, they t- as fast as they gave it to us, they took it away. Right. Right. They took away Leslie Grace's Batgirl. Brendan Fraser is a villain in this movie, <sighs> and Michael Keaton returning yeah. as as Batman to interact with Batgirl. Right. Like. And J.K. Simmons was was Gordon. Yeah, was Jim Gordon in this in this film? Like, I I just again I just don't understand. And and maybe you're right. Maybe it is a a good strategy to just put it out on their streaming platform yep. in two years when they've merged themselves together as one. Mm-hmm. Give them the time to to fix this movie because, again, I I can I I I entirely believe that a, a film that is that far in should not be it could should not be it could be a it could be a low-key snyder cut situation again you know what i mean it could just be it probably will be it if if it if if it happens and like i think enough people on twitter and stuff like that are going to start doing this this whole thing i don't think it'll have the same momentum and movement Mm -hmm. as as what the snyder thing is because as we know it it, a lot of it was bots and things like that from (laughs) from news that's been kind of repurpose them let's repurpose the bots yeah but just, but honestly, I'm just thinking. To your point, you've already given it the buzz. Yep. You can say in two years, you know what? Hey, listen, remember that movie we said we canceled? Well, now that we're merging, <laughs> we're going to show it. Here we're, it it's is. It's going to be our, our launching <laughs> thing. Here it is. Gross. Right. And I think that uh, that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. But alas, we will have to wait and see. But not that long. Based on our next news story, uh, Lady Gaga joins Joaquin Phoenix in Todd Phillips's Joker sequel. This comes from Etten Vlessing at The Hollywood Reporter. Lady Gaga has made it official. She'll be starring opposite Joaquin Phoenix in director Todd Phillips' sequel to Joker, the Oscar-winning $1 billion grossing 2019 Warner Brother hit based on the DC villain. In June, The Hollywood Reporter broke the news uh, that the musician was in early talks to join the sequel, which would be a musical. On Thursday, Gaga took to her Twitter account to raise the curtain on her appearance in The Joker, now called Joker, Follet à deux, I think it's how it's pronounced, yeah, it's pretty good. alongside Phoenix with a short animated teaser. Phillips has been writing the script with Joker co-writer Scott Silver and Warner Brothers has given it a green light. Warner Brothers has set a October 4th, 2024 release date, but based on our last news story, we'll wait and see if that actually happens. Uh, Details on Gaga's character are still under wraps. Joker is known for his on and off again abusive relationship with Harley Quinn, his psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum Mental Institution, uh, who falls in love with him and becomes his sidekick and partner in crime. Phillips previously produced A Star is Born in 2018 that starred Joker producer Bradley Cooper and Gaga. It is unclear whether Phillips and company are using other DC characters or striking on their own as they did in many instances with the first movies. So, you know, we just talked about 
the last story where they're trying to create a 10 year plan and any and a universe and something that feels uh mcu um and this feels entirely void of right? that it feels entirely independent of it and it and it sounds so much more interesting yes like the fact that you would do you would do the follow-up to the joker as a musical mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen this movie have you seen dancer in the dark no okay well it's a, a danish film from lars von Trier that stars uh bjork and it's it's absolutely amazing dude um it's a very sad story and there's musical moments and it's very apparent it's happening in her head and there's no extravagant nature to it it's very documentary style like it's just cameras are set up yeah and shooting it and I, i'm just i'm completely envisioning how this romantic story in an asylum is a musical i just it, it makes me excited for for seeing what this is all about right like it's it's almost from the sense of like how the the Joker movie is inspired by, um, you know, Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. Exactly. And I think I think that makes a lot of sense if they were to to do it that way. I love the title, uh, Folia Du, which I was just looking it up, uh, is apparently also known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder (SDD), uh, which is a rare psychiatric syndrome in which. The symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. So obviously with Harley Quinn, like that's literally their story. Um, I think it's it's fantastic. I love the idea that it's a musical. I think Gaga is the perfect choice for this role. I don't even know if they'll go so far as to call her Harley Quinn. They don't have to. Um, I think they're I think they they again. It's, it sounds so unique. It sounds so different than these big blockbusters. And that's what makes it interesting. That's what I want to see. I think the unfortunate part is like, again, like I, I keep going back and forth between like how dedicated are they to this 10-year plan of, of this multiverse and do they incorporate this stuff or are they so dedicated to that 10-year plan that even though they are all about making money, no matter how much money this one, this sequel makes – is it too different to to fit within their 10-year plan? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. I, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. But I think the success of the Joker and how it was so centric on him and the fact that you have a, a big get like Gaga yeah. coming in who's very likely to play Harley Quinn, but she'll probably go by her name, Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel, mm-hmm. rather than her staple Harley Quinn and I enjoy that. I think that that would be but really interesting. And like you said, getting getting Gaga, huge get. It's a musical. It makes complete sense. This is what I would back. I would be pushing these things because the reality is, is a movie like this, you don't need to invest a lot of money, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you do not need to invest a lot of money. Like no. They didn't have to spend a lot of money on the Joker and yet. They made a billion dollars in 2019. Yeah. How much are they going to make? How much are they going to spend here? And how much are they going to make? Right. right? You, you can film this as a as an art house movie, right? You can film it in the sense that we exactly. don't need big explosions. We don't need it. This is like this is strictly about intimate scenes, personal scenes into the minds of these characters. Um, we don't need to go, you know, epic action sequences. I'm sure the costuming and the musical sort of production maybe musicality of it might be a little bit more expensive uh than something like the the first movie but that's where the dollars are gonna go you're absolutely right i didn't even think of that that's probably where the the dollars are gonna go but i am excited that again it, it you know we'll 
we'll get to see Gaga in in another role, and I think she's I think she's incredibly talented, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, Joaquin Phoenix again in this role. I, I again we were talking just the other night of like it's tough to say that you enjoy that movie because it's like it's a it's it's a dark and depressing and you can't walk out of it being like oh I had such a great time um but I do think that it's it is such an excellent film and I'm I'm really looking forward to this uh and I know Kevin's gonna hate it Kevin's gonna absolutely despise it so <laughs> you know there you go I don't know he was he was, yeah I guess he, he wasn't a fan he wasn't a fan of the first one we walked out of the first one and he was like oh and I was like what are you talking it was about too depressing yeah it was too depressing for him. Yeah. yeah it was too depressing for him I remember yeah and and I I, I also think though that that's something that is incredibly unique to DC. Mm-hmm. Again, even looking at the Batman, mm-hmm. looking at the Batman as well, in conjunction with what they've done here with the Joker. Again, they don't need to. No, they don't need to cross over. But the fact that they're their own independent stories that are happening right now that have a tone that I know audiences have wanted to see with their DC. Yeah, do you know I mean ever since Christopher Nolan introduced us to a more real mm-hmm. understanding world of Gotham and Batman. They, they they like that right and it, and and Zack Snyder you know he did what he could and he made it his own thing uh, and that felt very emulated of trying to be Marvel but a little bit darker and and edgier but I've always wanted mm-hmm. that real world uh, experience uh, to the DC which is why I was excited for Man of Steel and it was a huge letdown for me it was a yeah. huge letdown yeah. so I'm really happy to see this movie you know making strides and, and you know getting someone like Lady Gaga uh, I'm excited to see it in in 2024 uh, if it if it you know ends up not getting canceled um, I don't know I don't know but uh, yeah fully ado I cannot wait Fully adieu. <laughs> That's so not French. Fully adieu. There you I mean, go. we're in we're in Canada. We should know how to do this. Yes. Come on. Yes. We should speak French. Yeah. Um, apparently. <laughs> okay. On to our next news story, and this is our last one. Um, switching properties and brands here. We're going to the MCU. Looks like She-Hulk premiere is delayed. This comes from Joe Scrabbles over at IGN. She-Hulk Attorney of Law has been delayed, but thankfully only by a day. Does that rhyme? That kind of rhymes. It's scheduled to begin on August 17th, but the premiere will will now be airing on August 18th with the entire nine-episode season seeing releases on Thursdays from then on. Disney hasn't explained this shift. The announcement was made at a Television Critics Association summer press tour where Disney also announced premiere dates for Brie Larson's docuseries Growing Up, which is September 8th, real-world exploration, show uh, epic adventure with uh, birdie gregory also september 8th benedict cumberbatch's narrative nature docuseries supernatural september 21st and one of my favorites the mighty ducks game changers season two september 28th (laughs) um this is this is kind of a big deal i know a lot of people were talking about the release strategy around Ms. Marvel and, and Obi-Wan yeah. it being an issue. So it's interesting that they've just gently pushed this by a day and now She-Hulk is just going to come out every Thursday from from here until I believe uh, like end of September. Yeah. Uh, nine weeks. So so it doesn't, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't clash with, with Andor. Into October. Right. It doesn't clash with Andor. And, and by any means. They, they will mm-hmm. cross over. Yeah. They will cross over at, and I think it's the last three weeks yeah. uh, of of the episode Andor will have started, but it's it'll be sticking to, I believe, the Wednesday. But release but the way that Disney the way that Disney has has I mean, 
even to the point where, like, <laughs> if you're worried about spoilers, Disney will spoil their own shows literally a day after on Twitter and, and gifts will be put out. Um, so it's one of those things where this is appointment television. You see it on the day that it comes out if you really are a fan. And I think that's kind of what they're banking on here. They're banking on the fact that, cool, this isn't going to, they aren't going to eat into each other uh, because as far as Mindspace is concerned, they're a day apart, <laughs> I guess. Sure. I, I, and I understand the release strategy of also putting it at like midnight, like as soon as the day, as soon as the clock turns, it's it's on there. First thing I do when I wake up is usually watch one of those shows, yeah. right? Like it's like, okay, I, I can't go on social media until I watch this right? show. So I should go on social yeah. I should watch the show and then I can go on social yeah. media, right? It's just, it's it's an easier, it's an easier situation yeah. to deal with. But yeah, it's, I think it's smart. Appointment television. Bring it back. Yeah. It's nice. It's a, it's a good idea. Fridays are movies. That's a great idea. What about Sundays? You know, put some of those those other shows that come out on Sundays or, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. Sure. Put your cartoons on Saturday. Yeah, your animated like, projects. You know what I mean? That'd like, be cool. Th- like that, that nostalgia itself mm-hmm. will make people like really enjoy it, right? So, I don't know. There's an opportunity there. Hmm. As streaming becomes more and more like TV. Uh, yeah, so it's only by day, so we'll get to enjoy that soon enough. But that's it for news. Let's move into our next segment because it's trailer time. All right, continuing on the theme of all things DC and Warner, we're going to talk about two trailers uh, that were released at Comic-Con. We were talking about the Black Adam and Shazam trailer. It makes a lot of sense because uh, we are sad that we missed them. We just decided to cover everything Marvel because it blew our blew our tops off. We basically decided we'll talk about them later. And now is the time in which we will talk about them. So the first trailer, Black Adam, directed by Jaume Colette Serra. And this, of course, stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Sarah Shahi, Noah Centeno, Pierce Brosnan, Jennifer Holland, Quintessa Swindle, uh, Aldous Hodge, Joseph Gatt, uh, and many, many more. And in this trailer, it was revealed that Viola Davis will be mm-hmm. returning as Amanda Waller. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, nearly 5,000 years after uh, he was bestowed with this almighty power of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on this modern world. Uh, this one hits theaters fingers crossed <laughs> we'll see but it's pretty safe to say because we're getting close yeah. we're getting close here uh october 21st uh 2022 i feel like this is one of the movies that has uh gotten over the finish line mm-hmm. it's 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 in its final stretch here it would be crazy if they decided to just move these dates or or i don't think they're going to cancel them because to cancel a movie with the rock would be no would be nuts no right? it's like, yeah yeah you, he would be pissed too because he i he would be pissed oh yeah. he would be like that would be a, a full-out war yeah right he'd if be you, he'd if be you, pissing, he, pissing zoa so. all over the place dude he'd be so upset <laughs> um this looks uh this looks good this looks interesting i'm stoked to see pierce brosnan in a movie again uh, I think Doctor Fate looks fantastic. I think the helmet looks great. Um, I'm not a huge Black Adam, Shazam, or really DC, uh, you know, in terms of the comic books, fan of of these characters. And so, you know, I think but this has you interested. This has right? me interested. I've, I was reading that Doctor Fate is kind of like <coughs> the DC equivalent of uh, of of Doctor Strange. And so I think that's that's interesting. I th- I will say the only thing I, coming off this trailer, I'm worried that it's overstuffed. 
much like you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson into that suit. I'm worried that it's a little bit. Uh, it's 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 kind of there's too much. I'm you know they have to do an origin story for him. Uh, but then they're also going to introduce the JSA and Adam Smasher and Hawkman and Cyclone and Dr. Fate. And it's, I guess the big thing for me is it's just like, there's, there's so much going on, uh, in just this trailer alone that I just don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off within that runtime. Um, and if it'll feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm just worried that they're going to do the, yeah, like give, get, if you're going to do a black Adam movie. And it's your first one, and this is a ten-year plan that you're following here, um, which obviously wasn't <laughs> the plan when they initially the ten-year plan when they initially started yeah. making this movie, or even probably up until these reshoots. But I, I, again, it's one of those things where I'm worried that it's going to struggle from the origin story movie situation uh, that so many of these superhero movies do, and also want to introduce. You know, it almost feels like it's like, okay, here's the origin story and the sequel at the same time. And I just don't know how well that's going to work. Shang-Chi. Right. There you go. Yeah, Shang-Chi yeah. did, is exactly like that for me. And I, I totally agree that this could that this could have that syndrome of, of the origin story where it's trying to build up the character while also building up the world. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot in in one movie, and I think it should be focused on the character. I'm just I'm also concerned that Rock, the Rock, I love the Rock. I love Dwayne the Rock Johnson um, from my wrestling appreciation days, which will come up mm. later. But um, it just really feels like he's acting in all of these scenes, and that he's really there for the stature and and his look, and and like yeah, he looks great as Black Adam. Mm-hmm. But like again, we have to see the movie. But there's just a lot of like posing and like I'm this. And, yeah. Like, I just wish they gave us something that showed a little bit more emotional range in the trailer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that can kind of help us understand the character other than just a very sort of typical moment at the beginning of the trailer where we see I, I believe his son is looks like his son is being yeah. sacrificed. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's that has a very emotional moment, but we don't hang on it. It's just like here's this key piece of information. Right. Here's all this and other that's shit. Probably that's, what movie, movie, what that's probably what the movie is. That's probably how the movie yeah. runs. Is like we're gonna exactly. get two seconds of that and then we're gonna then he's just he's black Adam. And and I, again it's just one of those things where it's like, no, give us a black Adam movie that tells us who Black Adam is and sets up Black Adam because I'll I'll be honest with you there isn't really one already it's not like Spider-Man where we actually would prefer you to skip over the origin story at this point if we're getting another Spider-Man right it's it's no no sure give us the origin movie of Black Adam how does he how does he get there um, I think that would just be so much more interesting to focus on but we'll have to wait and see again the idea of like a superhero team so to speak with the JSA going up against the anti-hero um, is is a little bit more unique, uh, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. But uh. for sure, uh, seeing Pierce Brosnan, uh, it, it, you know, in this is going to be in this movie it has me excited mm-hmm. for Doctor Fate as well, and and the fact that Jennifer Holland, uh, who's playing her character from Peacemaker, uh, Amelia Harcourt, and as I mentioned, Viola Davis, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Amanda Walder, both both from Peacemaker's universe. I'm glad that they're they're trying to connect at least to that because that that fits 
that fits at least at least James Gunn's Peacekeeper is kind of kicking the ball, if you will, mm-hmm. for at least some sort of level of continuity. When we did see Flash and Aquaman mm-hmm. uh, at the end there, just for those moments, plus Wonder Woman and Superman, it was nice to have that level of continuity of that. Like they're the heroes of, of the world that he that he's talking about, that he's living in. But Black Adam could definitely fit into that. Maybe they keep this this set of stories focused on Black Adam and Shazam which is our next trailer that we're going to talk about, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, directed by the director who directed the first one, David F. Sandberg. Uh, This movie stars, of course, Zachary Levy as Shazam, Asher Angel, Rachel Ziegler, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. We got Ross Butler, Adam Brody. A lot of the original cast is returning uh, for this movie, but the two additional uh, cast members we have are Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. Shazam takes on the villainous Hespera and Calypso. Hespera is, is played by Helen Mirren, and Calypso is played by Lucy Liu. Uh, they're the daughters of Greek Titan Atlas, and it hits theaters uh, December 21st, 2022 of this year. This is one of the ones that they think are is going to be moved to early 2023, hmm. and I'm not really sure why. Maybe, maybe it might be to introduce Black Adam, because... I found it really interesting during the Comic-Con panel that they didn't try to at least hint at that idea because Shazam and, and Black Adam are from the same story. Yeah. Um, so they just seem so, they seemed like they were siloed as their own independent movies when their movies should be celebrated together mm-hmm. and what, what that could look like if they if there was a little bit of a hint. You don't need to show us, but just that's why WB's presentation at Comic-Con felt very siloed. Yeah. Because this was going on behind the scenes, and even the way The Rock had talked about potentially Superman or Henry Cavill mm-hmm. showing up as Superman again in his movie, like he, the way he responded to it, it was almost as if like he doesn't know, like there's yeah. shit's shits. shit's Although I will right? say, like explained his yeah, I will say Zachary Levi in in a few of his SDCC interviews definitely didn't outright say, but but very much hinted at the idea that they would cross paths. Uh, with you know Shazam and, and Black Adam would cross paths uh, at some point, whether it's in these movies or not. Um, so I think that I think that makes sense. I was happy to see um, you know Billy again uh, in his his teenage form. Um, I think uh, you know Asher Angel kind of back again, um, where in the first movie he was kind of there for the beginning portion and then just gone the entire time. Um, so. It, and it looks like we're going to get more of the Shazamly, uh, which I think is the right call. Honestly, I think, again, you know, even though this does feel like it might be part of that, you know, shared universe and Shazam is going to end up, you know, away from his Shazamly with a, another team of DC superheroes at some point, who knows? I think the idea of focusing on keeping the family as the team throughout the movie is probably the smartest call they can make because those were some of the best parts of the first one was when they were working oh, together. A hundred percent. And so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we see him smash into a building uh, when he's on, and he's, he's on fire. And at SDCC, Zachary Levi hinted at that there was something that lit him on fire. I think it's that dragon. There's a dragon in this movie, uh, which it's cool that they're adding more like mythical elements uh, to the movie. Like at one point we see a bunch of like, black unicorns which i think is really cool and i think it makes sense given the daughters of atlas would be from the realm of the gods and there's probably gonna be a lot of more mythical elements um helen mirren and lucy Liu as villains is dope 
I think that's super cool. Uh, and then Rachel Zegler apparently confirmed that her character would be the third daughter of Atlas, and you do see her in this trailer uh, the, as well, Thea. Thea. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I think the idea behind it is like they're there because the Shazamly is un- unintentionally stealing their magic, and they're there to get it back. Like I think that's the whole crux of it. Is like every time they turn into the Shazamly. It's like they're drained a little bit more of their like the the daughters of Atlas are drained a little bit and their people maybe are drained of their power. So maybe that's why they're there. They're there to kind of get it back. I don't know. I don't know. It could be as simple and dumb as that if they wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting concept. Yeah, I I think um, Helen Mirren and and Lucy Liu as as villains. I like Lucy Liu as a villain. I, I just don't know. I'm, I'll be interested to see how Helen Mirren performs. Right? Yeah, it's going to be weird to see her maybe in some of these CGI scenes right. that are, are a where little, she's flying uh, around and punching people and yeah. yeah, I just yeah, how plastic, how how right? how so, Gumby is she going to look, right? Or are they just going to have her like situated and she, right. she's just going to be like throwing her hands, yeah. you know, doing stuff like maybe this is her opportunity because she was never in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. so maybe this is her opportunity to be. A character like yeah. such and and emulate your wizard hand, Helen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah hit wizard. But Zachary Levy looks looks like you know hilarious, yeah. uh, fun, and and you're absolutely the the Shazamly is the highlight of the first movie, and to see them get the continuing story mm-hmm. here and and be like more comfortable with their powers, like that's an or like Shazam was a really great way to handle the origin yeah. story. Um, and it stays focused on the family. It stays focused on the kids. It, it keeps it really simple and grounded. And yeah, there's some really spectacular elements, obviously with the threat and, you know, the discovery and all of this. So, but it, it was just handled really well. It didn't over, over stuff too much, but it introduced it enough to make, to make uh, uh, a sequel mm-hmm. go full fledged with obviously having the, the daughters of the Greek Titan Atlas. Yeah. Right, uh, suddenly be the villain. So a dragon is cool. Mythical is cool. I, I, I think that's a good idea. Something that can kind of expand the lore in the world within Shazam. Uh, that very much gave probably the powers of of Black Adam because it seems like Black Adam was bestowed with the powers. Mm-hmm. He was right? the original, so I think. Right. It's interesting yeah. how the yeah exactly. So like the reality of 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 what they're building with, with putting these two movies out. Uh, showing both of their trailers and and you know they're they're coming out close to each other. I actually kind of enjoy that because it's kind of like a one-two hit of what is probably the same story, and it feels like that they're just going to be focused differently. But again, it could just stay to Shazam and and Black Adam. We don't need Superman. I don't know. Again, it was just weird to it was weird in the trailer to see the flashes of the Snyderverse DCEU, and it was it was the 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 Snyder cut specifically portions of the movie. Um, it's just weird to see that and have them reference that, but then they're like, "But we're starting it all over," and it's like, "But are you?" <laughs> like again, I I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know anymore. But yeah, cool. We'll see. I don't know. I don't think this is gonna be. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't think either of these movies are gonna be that great. But we'll see. <laughs> well, I don't I don't have high hopes for the next one either. And yeah? uh, let's let's get okay. into that one. This one was also released on the weekend of Comic-Con. Uh we have John Wick 4, mm-hmm. which is directed by Chad Stalhesky, uh, who has directed the entire series from its beginnings. He was also a stunt actor for Neo. So they've been working together That's for really a long cool. time. Yeah, they they have been mm-hmm. working together for a long time. And it seems like um 
you know, there's going to be a lot of crazy stunts based on this trailer. But of course, this stars uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick, Donnie Yen, uh, Scott Atkins, Ian McShane, Bill Skarsgård, Halle Berry, Lawrence Fishburne, Harioki Sanada. We got Lance Reddick. We got Clancy Brown. Mm. This movie is stacked with a huge cast, as always. Um, the synopsis reads, with the price on on his head ever increasing, legendary hitman John Wick takes his fight against the high table global as he seeks out the most powerful players in the underworld from new york to paris to japan to berlin this is hitting theaters uh next march march 24th 2023 um this yeah this looks like a another john wick movie yeah with some crazy ass stunts i i am happy that donnie yen is in this movie. that's cool i think that's, that's a, a dope ad that's a great addition. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dope, dope ad. And the addition of Harioki Sanada is is absolutely welcomed. Um, I, I love that we're getting more samurai and, and that sort of fighting style uh, interjected in the movie. I don't know if he was in it earlier. I thought he was for some reason. But uh, yeah, Nate, I know you're a huge fan of these movies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I dig them. I I enjoy them from time to time. I don't know if I'm like a, a super fan, but I... I I have enjoyed them in the past. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we've seen uh, Hir- Hiroyuki Sonata in so many things recently with Mortal Kombat. The, you know, he's been in uh, Westworld is probably where I know him from the best. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to get back to uh, to see more John Wick. It, it's it is feeling a little stretched at this point, being the fourth movie. But you know, we got Winston back. We got the Continental back uh which is which is great um i'm still wondering if that show is gonna happen that was supposed to be on stars they were going to do like a continental show that i think we talked about like a long time ago um but i think uh, clancy brown is a dope addition as well for this movie i feel like he's gonna be like the big bad this time around maybe he's kind of leading the high table and he's kind of this mystery role and he looks he's all decked out in black and i just i don't know i love clancy brown um the bowery king Lawrence Fishburne. Um, I think it's such an iconic pairing with him and Keanu. So anytime they work together and they're just on screen together and it looks like they're going to have a lot more time spent together, it hits. It hits. Yeah, it hits. It hits really well. And it's like and it's like they're different characters. But it's funny because Keanu feels like he's just playing like Keanu. Yeah. Right. Just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's Neo. Right. But like Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus and uh, and, you know, Bauer King are, are two different characters. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see them. Even when they're standing side by side in certain scenes. It's I don't like, know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could like this like Lawrence Fishburne Matrix holds up a one. suit at one point. And I'm like, it might as well be a red and blue pill. Like it's like let's just let's just get let's just get it out of there. Let's go. Um which I uh, And he's dressing him like Mr. Smith. Right. Come on, man. Dude. Like the irony of the situation, <laughs> like he has a <laughs> But I will say I, I love the different uh weapons used. Again, we're getting more samurai swords, which we got in the previous ones, but yes. um nunchucks. Yes. You know, you've got this dope poster for the movie uh that came out and we do get to see him using the the nunchucks in this uh in this trailer um i think that's dope i think it's cool i think it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be fast but i do think let this be the last one this is it let him die at the end let him die and let hit let a dog live should die 100 kill him and then let a dog live on the only person in the future and then just get rid of then you're done you don't we don't need to keep going with this because honestly this is it's we're it's so much it's so much or you know what do do the thing that you want to do if you really want to keep this stuff going 
keep it going. But Keanu, you know, this is there you go. He becomes the the next Lawrence Fishburne esque character, and we bring on you know another character to become the new Baba Yaga. You know what I mean? Like, why don't we bring in um, Jessica Henwick? I think bring her in. Right. Have her be introduced and and have her be the next Baba Yaga. And he could be like her mentor or whatever. And if you really want to do that, you know what I mean? If you really want to keep it going. But I just I feel like even fans of this stuff are feeling the stretch of a fourth movie at this point. For sure. For sure. I'm interested to see if what they do with the Ana de Armas series where she's like i think it's called ballerina i think that's right and it's in the john wick universe right yeah 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 yeah. right so maybe she's the new one interesting to see but i i like that idea of introducing a a jessica henwick as as some sort of character (laughs) i was just going off the fact that they're both in the matrix right (laughs) for sure yeah no she should she should be in in more stuff um but yeah i think that um this this looks a little stale looks a little stretched it looks very much a do-over Um, I think Donnie Yen is probably the the get for mm-hmm. me of wanting to see what's really going to pan out and how his character is going to be introduced. And, you know, that that's that's literally it, because I feel like I've a lot of what we've seen, what we saw in this trailer is already stuff that we've seen. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know. it's just yeah. more. Not, I don't have high hopes. For we'll it. see. Yeah, it's just more. <laughs> it's just more. <sighs> All right. Well, that wraps up trailer time. But, uh, you know, before we put a bow on this entire episode, I thought we could close out with a little whatcha yeah. for our listeners. Something you've enjoyed this past week that, uh, you know, you should people should watch, mm-hmm. play, read, listen to, whatever it is. You know, I've been diving deep into what we do in the shadows. Um, I've never... I didn't I've honestly I can't really remember too much of the movie. I think I, the first time I watched that movie, I fell asleep. Uh, halfway through, I felt like the pacing of the movie was. You fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep, and I, <laughs> I've just closed my my coffin door and just said oh, I'm too tired. Um, I, I'm sure it was funny, and I'm sure maybe if I go back to it after having started watching the series, I might enjoy it more. But I've really been digging the the show. I think it's uh it's a lot of fun. I I think it is something that is is different um on TV, but it has the Taiko ITD humor uh the guest stars whenever they show up are phenomenal i just got to the in season two there's a mark hamill uh guest star episode which is probably my favorite episode so far not even so much because he's in like he's amazing in it but matt barry uh is absolutely phenomenal uh where he like he goes on the run and he he becomes this character named jackie daytona (laughs) He becomes like this bar owner because he kills the bar <laughs> owner and then takes his place. And then this whole community starts to rally around him. And they're like, oh, we love Jackie Daytona. He's just been so good to the community. <laughs> it's just this freaking vampire, Matt Berry, trying to pretend to be an American man. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's just one of those things that, like, honestly give it a chance past the first, like I would say even the first three episodes, um, get, get into it because I do think it starts off a bit slow. It starts off a bit sort of unconventional for what you might be used to with these sort of comedy series. Um, but there's some really original ideas and it's, it's a lot of fun. Have you ever watched what we do in the shadows, either the movie or the the show? So the movie I watched a long time ago, but I don't think I finished mm-hmm. it. Right? You fell asleep. Uh, I don't think it was my cup of tea back yeah. then. <laughs> no, I, I don't think. I think it was on while I was at someone's house, a friend's yeah. house. And, you know, I, I just, I wasn't tuned in at mm-hmm. the time. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's something I definitely want to revisit, especially now having such a, an appreciation for, for, you know, sort of comedy style that Taika Waititi has done. And, and I've been watching, um, uh, our flag meets mm-hmm. death, our flag means death oh, yeah. as well. And I'm, I'm enjoying that show. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's, that's probably where I'm going to, something I'm going to check out soon. And I've, I've added it to a list of things to check out on my Disney plus. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah, it's all on Disney. Stuff. Like season one um, to three is on Disney Plus, uh, and season four I think what well, is happening. But there, right is now. the movie on Disney Plus? Uh it might. It is might be. I'll double check. It should be if it's not. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, I yeah I haven't I haven't checked it out, but I, I've heard nothing but but positive things about about the movie and the series. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely definitely check it out if you're if you're even just thinking about it because it is yeah it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Really having a good time with it. How about yourself? What ya, Justin? Nice. Oh man, actually, you know what? I've I've watched a lot of stuff. Really? So over the weekend, mm-hmm. yeah, over the weekend since last week, after everything we covered last week, um, just quickly, I rewatched the first Predator movie. Uh, it was fantastic. It's so tacky, <laughs> and it's it's just it's got an eighties eighties nostalgia the graphics are horrible uh but the story is is very similar to to that of mm-hmm. prey which is currently out right now streaming but prey just takes it to a whole new level right um and i watched the shane black version and uh which was uh, the the predator mm-hmm. and that was that was uh fun and also the fact that shane black actually starred in the original uh, and now he's directing that's cool he directed a, an iteration of it. So, and you know who who is the main character? Boyd Halbrook, who we talked oh, yeah. about. Um, we talked about from, from uh, as, the Sandman. As, uh, he's he's uh, Corinthian, Corinthian from yeah. the Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I That's thought that cool. was funny. I thought that was just a, a weird thing. I popped it on. Uh, I've also been just enjoying some docu series. Like Light and Magic is is fire. I've, I'm like two episodes in and, and loving it. But I really just went down a rabbit hole of wrestling content <laughs> on A and yeah. and it's just been like biography stuff and just really like behind the scenes of of like the time and the era of when I was into wrestling and and before um, before that too. Just like the history of people that I I know. I'm not really into the the new stuff. I'm I'm more interested in like the history and what what it went into mm-hmm. making wrestling because that was like a booming time for the industry. Um, and it's crazy to see these like big athletic men, you know, that are like, you know, really serious, like the undertaker. I don't know if you know the undertaker. He like, he's just, well, I've he's, heard like, of him. Death, I've heard right? of him. He, like, yeah. walks around. He, you know how he represents himself, but then he's sitting here talking about the craft of his character mm-hmm. with the story that they're trying to tell and how he has a brother later and, and like the impact. And like, I'm just like, these guys are like, like acting artists. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they they're have their own 10 year plan. Their bodies. Right? They have their- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're still committed though to like this the athleticism of like throwing their bodies around, which inevitably is the reason why they end up leaving mm-hmm. the industry is cuz they're just, you know, falling apart, but Undertaker's an example of someone who's who's done it for quite a while. But anyways, I just like how they how they're how it's like an inside look at at that, you know, it's it's clear now that there is a level of performance that goes into the wrestling uh, and, and the stories that are being told. Mm-hmm. There's a level of performance that goes into that part, and there's a level of performance that obviously goes into the the sort of fighting and the choreography. But it still has to be masterfully done, mm-hmm. and to to find a way to try to tell the story in your moves
who've built this image and they talk about it in that vein of building their their character with that it's it's really interesting it's it's is it it's it kind of shows you, a whole new you know it, we we talk a lot about like the toys that made us and the movies that made us have you checked out uh this is awesome shout out to greg miller kind of funny did you did you get a chance to check out this is awesome because i've heard that that's very much i haven't seen it but i've heard it's very much like the the wrestlers that made us in a way exactly yeah. it's 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 a hundred percent that i haven't watched the entire first episode because I have had complete frustration with the experience <laughs> yeah. of WWE content in Canada. Yeah. Like I, w- I went on a bit of a Twitter. I saw that yesterday. I, th- I saw you were like, myself, you were like getting to ready to like grand slam the <laughs> the app right out of your phone. So, so like just to quickly, just to quickly explain yeah. here. I know we're running way along through sure. the tooth, but I, I will explain my frustration because I know you are a technology mm-hmm. man who likes how things can work seamlessly, right? So. You 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 can't subscribe to WWE in Canada unless you're part of a cable provider or you sub- subscribe through Sportsnet, which is the like basically they own the sports here in Canada. Right. They they put all the sports out for for in yeah. Canada, and so they have a wrestling a wrestling option, so you can subscribe there. But the WWE has a great app. Everything is organized. Everything is like it's it's like their Netflix. It's their Disney right. Plus. It's it's a great way to find the content. Now I've signed in and I can see this content. I can't access it because I don't have an account. And if I try to connect my cable account, I still like it. it it'll it'll play, but I can only watch it on a computer. I can't watch it in their yeah. app on the on the TV. Nope. I can't watch it on in the app on my yep. phone. I can only watch it on a desktop. And the same like uh, the Sportsnet app allows you to access WWE content, but it's so frustrating because it's not all there. So the stuff that I'm seeing in their app that I'm like, oh, I want to watch this, I can't even play here in in like a comfortable manner. Like I have to sit my desktop and do Mm -hmm. it. And I guess a lot of people be like, well, just put a browser on your Apple TV or something. And it's just like, it doesn't no, work it doesn't way. work that I way. Just, I like that seamless experience. Like again, you look at something like a Disney Plus or a Netflix. If I'm subscribing to your platform and your service, you have a way that you want me to enjoy it. This I, I can I have to imagine that the WWE does not like this this whole process. So I wish they would just allow me to sign into their app yep. with my Canada Canadian credentials, mm-hmm. and then it would say, "Hey, you have access. Here's all the stuff. Yeah. That's all we yeah. need." That's all we need. Well, hopefully, so, hopefully know, Discovery will buy them uh, and just take over <laughs> and make them part of the DCEU. Come up with a 10-year plan. Come up plan. with a 10-year plan yeah. and they'll buy them and just now all of a sudden all your wrestlers are fighting, you know, Joker. And, yeah, dude. Actually, the Joker would well, be well, dope appreci- in the wrestling ring, I think. I think it would be a great character. Well, there's probably people that are, there's probably characters and Kevin, the you know guy who knows all about yeah. wrestling. Because I'm I still consider myself just more of a uh, a light mm-hmm. fan, not necessarily a hardcore fan to mm-hmm. wrestling. But yes, uh, like again, Greg Miller's show, this is mm-hmm. awesome, is such a great sort of uh, reflection of of the fandom around wrestling as he breaks down <clears throat> certain key elements of what has made wrestling so special to people. So he, he's coming at it from a fan's perspective. So I was able to watch a bit of it here on my desktop for a little bit, but then I was really like adamant about trying to get it on my Apple TV in like the comfort of a, a room that is made for watching entertainment right. content. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, that would, that would be a better experience. But sadly I haven't continued the episode. So, uh, but he is passionate. Oh, man. Greg Miller. He's fantastic. Like he's, he's, he's phenomenal. Super passionate yeah. about that yeah. stuff. Yeah, man. 
All right. Well, thank you for letting me rant about hey, that for a little bit there. Uh, but that concludes this episode of This Week in Geek. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on the news and the trailers covered today or around any of the content we produce, well, you can email us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. But if that skews a little older for you, and you're a young cat, well, you can reach out to us on uh, uh, Twitter at uh, GeekCentricYT or or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows out now, including our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios' animated short series, I Am Groot, which is out now uh, uh, for you to enjoy. All five episodes available on Disney Plus now. Uh, last week, we had a busy week. As we were mentioning, we watched a ton of stuff and we posted a bunch of spoiler-free reviews, including uh, one for Netflix's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, uh, which is why we started our conversation at the top of this show, uh, which is out now. The, that movie is out now on Netflix, so go check it out. Uh, we also have our review for Apple and Skydance Animation's film Luck, which is out now on Apple TV. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free review for Hulu's original film from 20th Century Studios, Prey, on Hulu in the United States and Disney Plus globally. And finally, we have our spoiler-free review for Netflix's dark thriller series, The Sandman. All episodes of that are also out on the Netflix platform for you to stream and enjoy. Uh, but hey, if you're hesitant to check out any of that content, mentions we'll give those episodes a listen to hear our thoughts before you check them out and uh you know let us know feel free to lead us leave us a five-star review if you, if you don't mind also we have our weekly show like this one that you're listening to now this week in geek with episodes dropping every single wednesday where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions uh this on top of all the reviews and sometimes special interviews we drop weekly be sure to subscribe so you know when our latest episodes drop nate thank you so much for joining me for this extra long this week in geek <laughs> and as we say Hey there, brother. I'm the Tower of Power. Too sweet to be sour. I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. That's my that's my that's my macho man. Love ya. <laughs> that's your macho I man? I don't know. Oh, I gotta God, watch more wrestling. Like, Who says that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Alright, man. With that, peace. <laughs> brother. <laughs>